0: When you ask a question, you want people to tell you the truth for the same reason that you want others to tell the truth. For the same reason that you want others to tell the truth. So you also have an obligation to tell the truth. This obligation is all the more serious when you are speaking under oath. The Eighth Commandment of the Decalogue states, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. The commandment condemns lying, especially while giving witness, that is, after you have taken an oath, swearing to tell the truth. So Jesus took the idea one step further and told his disciples that they should never swear at all. Do not swear at all. Let what you say be simple, simply yes or no, and anything more than that comes from the evil. Leaving the truth. From the catechism, it is in accordance with their dignity that all men, because they are persons, are both impelled by their nature and bound by a moral obligation to seek the truth, especially religious truth they are also bound to adhere to the truth once they come to know it and direct their whole lives in accordance with the demands of the truth. But our readiness to know the truth and to express it by word and deed has been distorted by sin, which which has a wounded human nature, inflicting the intellect with ignorance and the will with malice. As a consequence of sin, our love for the truth has diminished and we are prone to deceiving one another out of selfishness and self-interest. However, with Christ's grace, Christians can live in life governed by truth. The virtue that disposes us to to always speak the truth is called truthfulness sincerity, or candor. Three basic aspects of this virtue are sincerity with oneself. So this involves recognizing the truth about one's own behavior, both external and internal. So these are the intentions, your thoughts, feelings, etc., without fear of facing the whole truth. Sincerity with others. Living together with other men and women would be impossible if people would not trust one another, that is, if they did not speak or act truthfully. For example, by respecting contracts or pacts in general and keeping, and keeping in their, their word. Now, thirdly, sincerity with God. God sees everything that happens, but wants us, his sons and daughters, to be sincere with him. Now, as a son of God, behaves as a son with the Lord. His behavior is full of sincerity and trust. God is not scandalized by man. God does not get tired of our lack of fidelity. Our Father God pardons any offenses when we return once again, once again to him. When we repent and ask pardon, Sincerity in the sacrament of confession and spiritual direction are extraordinary effective means for growing in interior life. Sincerity is essential to persevere in in following Christ since Christ is the truth. Truth and Charity Holy Scriptures teaches us to speak the truth with charity. Sincerity, like all the virtues, must be lived out of love for God and other men and women with refinement and understanding. Simplicity in dealing with others. Simplicity results when one's intention is manifested quite naturally in one's behavior. Simplicity arises from love for the truth and from the desire that it be faithfully reflected in one's action with naturalness without pretension. This is also what is known as sincerity, sincerity of life. Sincerity and humility. Sincerity is the path for going in humility. Pride leads to seeing the fault of others very easily, exaggerating them or inventing them, and not to take into account one's own failings. The disordered love of one's own excellence always tries to keep us from seeing ourselves as we are with all our defects. Then sincerity and humility. Sincerity is the path for growing in humility. So pride leads to seeing the faults of others very easily. So exaggerating them or inventing them and not take into account one's own failings. So the disordered love of one's own excellence always tries to keep us from seeing ourselves as we are with all our. Secret wretchedness. Bearing witness to the truth. So, witness is an act of justice that establishes the truth or makes it known. So, Christians have the duty of bearing witness to the truth, to Christ. As such, they must be witness to the gospel with clarity and coherence, without hiding their faith. The opposite would mean being ashamed of Christ who said, whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. So martyrdom is the supreme witness given to the truth of faith. It means bearing witness even unto death. The martyr bears witness to Christ who died and rose, to whom he is united by charity. Confronted with the choice between denying the faith or by word or by deed or losing one's earthly life. Christians must be ready to give up their life. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? From Mark, then Christ was condemned to die for giving witness to the truth. A great multitude of Christians have been martyred for remaining faithful to Christ, but the blood of the martyrs has been transformed into the new, the seed of the new Christians. So, if martyrdom to which few are called is the supreme witness of moral truth, there does there does exist a witness to coherence which we which all Christians must be disposed to give every to give every day. At the cost of suffering and great sacrifice. offenses against the truth. First it's lying. So this means saying something false with the intention of deceiving. So a statement is a lie only if you show in your, only if you show in your mind and heart that you are saying something false. Remember, a statement is a lie only if you want to deceive the person listening to you. Cheating on an exam or job interviews is a form of lying because you pretend to know something you don't know. So you may also be doing an injustice and appearing to be better than the other candidates. So St. Paul urges everyone to put away lying and speak the truth. Dissimulation, so this kind of lie is concealment of one's thoughts, feelings, or characters. Example, Eliezer refuses to dissimulate in order to escape death. Perjury, so this means lying after you have taken an oath to tell the truth. Remember, when you take an oath, you ask God to be your witness. So you solemnly declare that God himself knows you are telling the truth. So if you lie under oath, no matter how important you may think it is to lie at that moment, for instance, to protect your fam- yourself or your family, you seriously offend God. So you are asking him to support the truth of your statement. Even though you know that your statement is not true. Calling upon taking an un- for trivial matters. For example, it is wrong to swear that you are telling the truth while telling a story at a party. So Dania condemns two men for giving false witness against Susanna. Flattery. This is an attempt to gain someone's favor by falsifying or exaggerating that person's qualities or deeds. So it is especially a case of lying. So you have to avoid the use of flattery for advantage in business, politics, or other endeavors. Having the humility to recognize flattery when others try to boost your ego, especially when they do, do it entice you in committing a sin. So an unworthy woman becomes high priest by using flattery to be the faith favor of the king. The prophet describes how God's enemies corrupt people by using flattery, Slander. So this means saying something false that damages a person's reputation. It is also called calumny. If you deliberately tell a lie about someone and you have some idea how much damage you are doing, then you are guilty is determined by the damage you have done if you did not lie if you mistakenly thought you were speaking the truth you still no you still have an obligation to make up for the damage you caused for example the Pharisees accused Jesus of being a glutton and a drunkard next one is the This means revealing a person's fault to someone who has no right to know about it. So it is always evil, even if you do it carelessly by talking too much. So it becomes malicious when you do it with the intention of ruining that person's reputation. Detraction causes harm for yet another reason. As a Christian, you should be trying to help the person who did something wrong to repent and come back to God. If the person has already repented, love for your neighbor compels you to show the person how to overcome problems created by past mistakes. How can you help people if you are busy publicizing their mistakes? Instead of providing bread when they needed bread, you are handling them scorpions. Jesus corrects the Pharisees for exposing a woman caught in adultery. Judging rashly, this happens whenever you believe that a person is guilty of crime or simply inferior in some way while being aware that you know little or nothing about that person. So rash judgment also includes suspecting someone of evil intent when you have no grounds for being suspicious. For instance, thinking someone wants to cause harm because the person has a, a scar or some other physical defect. So discrimination because of a person's race, creed, gender, or nationality, also mounts to rash judgment. Discriminating in in that sense means victimizing someone unjustly. However, there's nothing wrong with using your good judgment to decide whether someone is capable of performing a service you would like the person to do. So Jesus reprimands John for prohibiting a person from doing good deeds just because he was not one of the disciples. Adulation. This is misplaced hero worship, leading you to praise people for a virtue they do not have or for success they never achieved. Adulation is the opposite of rash judgment. Instead of thinking evil where no evil exists, You think well of someone where no good exists. And like flattery, you are deliberately twisting the truth for your own ends. Adulation arises from ignorance. Ignorance. You're praised without having taken the trouble to determine prudently whether or not the praise is justly deserved. Though rarely ever mentioned, this sin can do great harm to private individuals and public institutions. It puts incompetent people in position of authority. It encourages those obsessed with vanity. It misleads those who have to decide how to allocate public funds or give towards to those who deserve it. Speaking to King Herod, the crowd shouts, it is God speaking, not man. Cursing others. You curse someone when you ask God to make that person suffer. Though so sometimes understood as the use of foul language, the sin of cursing also consists of wishing harm to another person for no reason other than your own jealousy or envy. There are some cases When a holy person has to curse, that is, ask God to punish someone who is doing great evil. However, the need to do this is so rare that you want to avoid it if you can, for as long as you live. Like casting out our devils, cursing evil is better to those who have been chosen by divine authority to do it. Jesus will tell the the damned to go to hell with their curse upon them from Matthew.